Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. To the In the Points podcast, the fastest growing Formula One podcast on the globe. I'm your host, Matt O'Teal. Joined as always with me, we have Sam D.R. Russell and Stefano Sedano. Guys, it's good to be back on the podcast. Welcome on this week. Uh yeah. Thanks for having us, Matt. I'd say it's been a it's been a eye-opening last few days. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to see your faces. Um, yeah, and it's it's gonna be an interesting hour with you guys. Fire it up engage <laughs> yeah um fire it up engage that's that's for sure we've got what a crazy weekend in spa coming back from the summer break um guys we had speculated that there was like a lot of chatter around the floors and that there was like a rumor that checo's poor form was because he was testing out the floors that they had to bring to spa mercedes was all over the chatter waves saying that they found some pace and they built off of what they learned in hungary we thought all of our predictions thought we were going to have multiple mercedes on the podiums and uh in fact red bull just pulled away from the pack in every way possible, both in the race, both in qualifying and with the pace of their car this weekend being like two seconds faster than most of these, these cars. Like, are we starting to like come into the second half where we thought there was like going to be a good title fight? And is this just a point where like Red Bull's running away with it? Like it kind of sucks as a fan that we think that the season we thought the season was over. I kind of cautioned you guys back in Hungary, like, hey, hold on, guys. There's nine races. Like, Red Bull could have some DNFs, things like that. But, like, walking away from Spa, Sam, like, what do you need to believe to think that Ferrari still has a shot at this? Well, Matt, our worst uh, nightmare came true. I mean, we held out hope that we'd come back from summer break and the floor would bring Mercedes closer to, to, the, to the top of the pack um and what happened was the complete opposite 
Opposite. Uh, we came out with Red Bull just head over heels, the best car by far. Max with maybe one of the most dominant races in the history of the sport. Um, it's tough as a fan. It's tough as a fan to get excited for the rest of the year because it just at this point just feels like it's going to be the Max show. Um, and we're not going to get any like really exciting races like we've been used to over the past year and a half. So, yeah, it's, it's very disappointing. Um, Spa was a big disappointment for me. Yeah, I mean, it was cool to see the track, obviously, renewed for, for next year. I mean, it's a long track. I know, Sam, not one of your favorite uh, distances. You kind of like the shorter ones with longer, with more laps than you do the long laps with shorter total lap time. Um, but, yeah, it was certainly like, I mean, I, I – <laughs> This this is kind of must have been what like Mercedes fans felt like back in the last seven years or so until up until last year where, you know, they were just kind of like dominant. I mean, this was not like Red Bull was not like this at all in the first half. I would actually probably say they were pretty evenly matched. If not, Ferrari kind of gifted them some wins and some points, right, with some of their Bozo, Bozoto calls. Um, <clears throat> but this seems like... Red Bull has just totally unlocked a whole different caliber of pace, at least for Spa. Um, I think I heard somebody saying they had carried more downforce and still had the straight line speed. So if that's the case, the, this is going to be a really tough juggernaut to stop for the last eight races of the year. But Stefano, like, what, what do you think? Is Does Ferrari... First off, does Leclerc have a shot at catching Max in the, the championship? And then does Ferrari have a chance to prove Sam's preseason bet right and win the constructors. Say that again. My connection was unstable. Definitely with the poor connection per usual. It's turning into the uh, the tech spurt is the, the one with the weakest uh, wireless connection here. Stefano, my question for you was, you know, do you think, and if so, like how can Charles Leclerc catch Max Verstappen and can Ferrari prove Sam's bet of the preseason right of winning the constructors with the last eight races? Like, is there any shot? Is Red Bull so far in a way, or do they just have like a really good package for, for Spa and we should see some parity come back in Zandvoort? Uh, I think it's kind of twofold. They definitely had the package required for Spa. I mean, when you start, what did he start P14 and then won the race by over 17 seconds? Uh, right. You definitely have a package. Yeah, a package catered for Spa. But the problem is um, for Ferrari, you definitely have some tracks where it's a little bit more favorable for their setup, but you're just running out of races at this point. You know, you can only hope for uh, one, two finishes and, and DNFs from Red Bull for so long before. Uh, that stuff isn't just going to work anymore. Uh, no, so I don't no, think Stefano, that I got to cut you off. There's this see, the season's over. We're not worrying about DNFs or one, two finishes like the season's over and everyone knows it, including Ferrari. Um, so well, we're, we're not even, we're not even counting down races anymore or, or talking about, well, they got to finish one, two and DNFs. The season's over. It sucks. The season's over. Yeah, I mean, Sam, it's it's tough because uh, on the one hand, like, I really hope that that's not the case. But on the other hand, like Verstappen going from 10th in Hungary, winning the race, granted, a little bit of a gift from Ferrari, picking that 
bozo strategy call by going on those hards that could never get into the the tire temperature window um on the other hand like then you got max going p14 and he's in the in the legitimate lead of the race not even like the virtual lead with like pit stops like the legitimate lead of the race by p lap 18 of of 44 and wins by 17 seconds and his teammate is behind him i think win and beating carlos signs by like another 10 seconds um it's really kind of difficult to start to think about how, I mean, Red Bull would like basically have to almost not finish every single race and Ferrari would have to basically win every single race. And like, even that then, it's pretty think, crazy. I think mathematically, I don't think they're going to even come close to winning. I mean, I don't, they're what Charles is back. What? Like almost a hundred points at this, at this point. Yeah. So to win five races in a row. Max would have to DNF. Just Guys, there'd have to be something like tragic to happen to like the flight over to Zanboard or something for like the yeah, Red Bull to, like, team for this to be up. like a race again. Like I'm talking yeah. like plane crash or something. Even still, uh, <laughs> Checo Perez is in second place. You know, like, yeah, let me... like he's up by five. But let's, just, of... let's just hypothetically say that the plane carrying the whole entire Red Bull crew, including both drivers, went down. Um, are we confident that Bonotto and team could like get Ferrari to the finish line and win the driver's championship? No pun intended. No. Well, both Red Bulls driver's championship. Yeah, both. So oh. they don't get any points the rest of the year. Oh, I don't know. The reason why I said I don't know is George Russell's only 16 points behind Charles Leclerc. So like maybe. For Red- <laughs> yeah, I think I think Mercedes probably wins the constructors if if Red Bull's plane goes down. Yeah, like if all of if like Red Bull get deleted from the from Earth, then then perhaps. But I mean, to answer that question, though, Sam, like, I don't think so, because Look at what they did Sunday. They pitted Charles Leclerc on the second to last lap of the race to go on to sauce to try and get fastest lap. I think he was running fourth, maybe fifth. He gets he they they put him out behind Fernando Alonso. So they pit him to get an extra point and they actually lose a place and they ended up losing points. Then he actually gets past Fernando, still doesn't set the fastest lap of the race. And he gets a five-second penalty. For then a five-second time penalty for speeding in the pit lane, and then he loses a place again. So it's they're like, inventing. They're inventing ways to like screw up their strategy. It's it's unbelievable. Every week, it's something just more ridiculous than the previous week. It's like, what are they thinking? <laughs> I'm surprised I mean, if Leclerc has any hair left at this point, because I, I, I would be pulling mine out, given like what they're calling on the pit line, on the pit lane for Charles. Someone's got to get Bonotto a copy of F1 manager and like, just lock him in a room for like a few days and just be like, all right, you got to figure this out. Like just do the right thing. Like you can't just keep doing the dumbest thing possible. Every week they're doing it. I mean, here's the thing. I understand pitting for fastest lap. I understand it. But that when you're room. on new softs and you go out for the last lap of the race, and he did get DRS behind Fernando Alonso, like <laughs> Max still set fastest lap on like old medium tires and Ferraris on fresh softs and they still didn't do it. Even Chuck knew it was a bad move. I mean, he, he said, he said it, he, he was like, why are we risking this? So it's just like, it, I don't know. It's just, it's bizarre. It's totally bizarre. At this <laughs> point, if Bonoda doesn't get fired and he's the team principal next year, I don't think I can watch. 
Like I yeah, can't I, mean, do, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do it. I mean, to be honest with you, like none of us I think are advocating for for folks to to lose their jobs. However, no, like, I am. I'm advocating for him to lose his job. Yeah, and uh, in that case then like but to your point Sam, like he has like played himself out of being the team principal of Ferrari. Like this was his best shot. They, I mean, guys, do you forget what happened after Australia? Like, there was two Red Bull DNS. They had an incredible head start Ferrari team. They went one-two-one in the first three races of the year, and he's 100 points behind Max Verstappen. Some of the stats that you've seen, like, floating around, like, Leclerc in in the last, like, 10 races compared to Max in the past, like, three races, got, like, Max has more points. It's it's unbelievable how bad they've been in the last like seven races. Um, I'm yeah. pretty positive that Max has nine wins and eleven podiums, and Charles has three wins and like four podiums. Which crazy is and if you think about that, Charles's wins was the first race of the year and the second race and the third race of the year. Pretty much every week besides la- or every race besides last week, he had a better or equal car to Max too. Yeah, I, I mean Miami too. Miami, he was way off the base from that. Yeah, true. Miami, Miami is the only one that really guys. These are Charles's. Well. These are Chuck's three wins: Bahrain, first race of the year; Australia, third race of the year; Austria. Austria. Yeah. And then DNF in France, that was his fault. Uh, sixth in Hungary, team fault. Sixth in Belgium, I mean, he started P15. Not terrible. He should have been, should have been up there in fifth. Um, he kind of hit some traffic, but still, it's like... You know what sucks? You know what sucks for Chuck? You know what sucks for Chuck? Because I feel like he's like racing fairly good race. He was, he was pretty good on Sunday. Yeah. He had to stop early, too, and still got all the way back. Yeah. Up close to the podium. Like I thought he had a good race. Yeah. And it just sucks that like he can't I mean it's oh he's gotten some really bad luck, but he just can't get his team to actually allow him to race a full race start to finish without anything dumb happening. Yeah. He raced a good race. He unfortunately I think he had like a visor tear off, kind of going to his brake duct when that's why they pitted him under the safety car. I think the three of us were like, what the hell are they doing? It seemed like a ridiculous thing. Learned after the fact, probably did have to remove it for some reliability. Um, worked his way all the way back. But like Sam, let's not forget, like Chuck had a massive spin out in FP three at Spa Weekend. Like True. back to your point of like him in France, like those are the mistakes you just don't see Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, Michael Schumacher, rest in peace, well, making on the track. Yeah, you did. You did. Let's not give them all the credit. They definitely had some massive shunts in their career. I mean, Lewis Hamilton almost took out Alonso in Belgium. Yeah, guys, we got to talk about that. Fernando Alonso had some colorful language on the team radio for that. Sam, yeah. you're a big Mercedes guy. What did you have to think about Fernando's comments that, you know, Lewis only knows how to start from first? Here's what I'll say about it. I mean, it was very entertaining and he kind of had a point because that was that was definitely re- pretty reckless by Lewis. But what I'm disappointed is that he backed off it like afterwards and try to like play all nice, nice with it and be like, oh, like he took responsibility. Like it's whatever. Like Lewis is a great driver, blah, blah. He should have doubled down and like kept being the hardo that he's been all year. And instead, Lewis kind of like owned him in, in the whole back and forth when he uh, Instagrammed that picture of like the signed hat. Like Lewis got the last laugh there. 
Yeah, Lewis did get the last lap. Now, here's my question to you. Um, how many crashes did Max and Lewis have last year? And how many crashes has Max had this year? Kind of a common denominator of, like, who was the one last year that was kind of driving pretty recklessly on track? Like, I don't know. Max has a pretty clean sheet this year in terms of overtakes. And I think Lewis Hamilton's been involved in a number of of shunts around types of corners like that. It, Which it's, makes it's, it think. That's got that's got everything think. to do with the type of competitors that Chuck is compared to uh, Lewis. Like Lewis is a vet. He felt Max coming on and like his maybe his dominance running away, and he knew he had to be aggressive. It was a totally <laughs> different type of year. And you know what? Charles Leclerc could have used a little bit of that aggressiveness and dog in him that Lewis showed last year because I think he probably would have uh, gone a long way. In, in maybe keeping him in it for longer. Oh, don't get me wrong. He should. I definitely think a little bit of Lewis should be rubbing off on Chuck, but it's just interesting that everyone always called Max a dangerous driver, and yet here he is with with no uh, no crashes this year with, with anybody on, on the grid. And here Lewis is with, I think, the third one. I think he had one with K-Mag. He had one with Alonzo. Um, just interesting. You know, it makes you what think, like, who really, the, who really was the – the the more reckless driver last year you know was it max or was it lewis just just kind of makes you think you know but not nonetheless like kind of an uneventful spa weekend to be honest like to be frank the the only interesting part and like i know you guys are team mercedes and ferrari and like it's nice for me to get a, a red bull win but like Max not starting 14th, that's a boring race. Like him having to wait, make his way through the field was kind of like the most exciting part. And then once he did, the race was kind of over by like lap 20. It was kind of a boring race. Like that was how I kind of thought about it. Like there was no dramatic overtakes. None. Everybody just kind of like realized the RB18 was so far ahead of them. And they just, it almost looked like they were moving over under like a blue flag. That's how almost obvious it was that the the rba team was so much faster than all the other cars it was to me it was the least interesting race of the year so far i I found it incredibly boring and i agree with you matt the most entertaining part was max like making his way through the field um two points on that it was over within like 20 minutes of the race and also it kind of ticked me off how everyone just let them through. And I know there's like the, there's the counter argument, like, Oh, they're not going to waste their tires on trying to stop somebody that is going to eventually get by him. But like, they're literally just going to the side and letting them pass. Like that's stupid. That's, that's dumb. Um, And it's not, I feel like it's not in the spirit of like, of driving. And um, I feel like, you know, Nikki Lauda and, you know, all these other guys are rolling over in their grave watching, like the Pierre Gazzies of the world, just like pull off to the side and let Max through. It's it's so soft, and I I know there's a counter argument, but I don't care. It's soft. Yeah, I mean, I I see both sides. Like, I mean, like Max is making his way through 14th. You're you're talking about Gasly, who's got maybe 20 points to his name. Um, it's the it's the 13th of 22 races of the year. It's lap 10. Let's say I'm lap 30, 40. Yeah, I'm with you. But I like, really don't care what lap it is. It's I just lap like 10. Like, give what do you want these resistance. guys to do? Like, what do you want these guys to do? Like, some Max, resistance. Matt, 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 I'll put it this way. First lap of, I think, the 1990 Japanese Grand Prix. Ayrton Senna takes out Alan Prost to win 
the Formula One World Championship. And See, I don't a- find that to be fun. I think that's lame. <laughs> I think if you're taking out a car to win, like you're kind of a loser. I wish so, like, Gasly I'm not saying, like, out. I know Sam's not advocating that he wants these guys to, like, crash into Max. Like, I know he wants, like, Fernando to, like, put up a little bit more of a fight and be like, I'm not just going to let you, like, pass me as if I'm a, I'm a blue flag back marker. But, like, that's what, the same that's time, what like, they were doing. Yeah. What is, right. what is Fer- Fernando's fight isn't with him. Like, he's going to use his battery and deploy that to, like, fight Max through, like, sector two only to get overtaken in the next, like, DRS zone. Like, like I get it. Just, like, why would they impact their own race when they're, like, maybe trying to fend off, like, Lando Norris or fight off, like, you know, I don't know, Charles Leclerc on lap 44 and say, hey, like I've saved my tires up and now I can actually get like a material place versus losing almost a minute to, to Max or Stapp. And like, I get it. It's like, but again, I also think it's the track, like it's spots so long, like there's so many places to overtake. Like if this was Miami, I bet you like Fernando would have been backing him up a little bit more, but it's like it's lap 12. Like anything he does is going to like impact the race. Like it's, I get it, but it's just like, it's inevitable, right? Like, Whatever. yeah, them, fine. Like, it, it, make, it makes for it makes for terrible viewing. It's awful. It, it's it's terrible. But like, like lap eight. What is Pierre Gasly supposed to do? Like, fight him for Take forty laps and like try and hold him up until he just gets blown by, like in a DRS zone. Like, it's it's lame. I'm with you. It's not a good viewing experience. But like. I'm sure uh, if, this was, if this was race two or three, you'd see a little bit of a different fight. And that doesn't make it right, but like, I understand. What, the, the, the overtakes were so boring and just like hypnotically mesmerizing in their boringness that when Verstappen went to go overtake Sainz, who I think was in the lead at the time, I just totally didn't even notice. Yeah. Like, everything was so inevitable. Everything was so like served on a plate to Max that like when he's going to overtake the race leader at that point, you just don't even care anymore. The know? most exciting overtake, I think, was actually the one where Esteban Ocon overtook two cars at the same yeah, that time. Yeah, was, that was great. That was pretty That cool. was a really good that one. And I think the other one was like there was actually an, an interesting battle between Checo and Signs for second, you know? So I'm with you, though, guys. Like it's not a very good viewing experience of the fans. I'm just like I put my hands up like I – I don't know what 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 somebody's supposed to do. Like, can't fight Max Verstappen for for thirty yeah, laps in an Alpine. Uh, I'll agree with you there, Matt. Because at the same time, you can't tell Red Bull to engineer a slower car. You know, like the race altogether was just indicative of how good the RB eighteen was. And you know, obviously, give credit to Max too. He raced a great race, P fourteen to first, and then win by almost eighteen seconds doesn't take you know uh, any any amount of like uh, skill. Um, so definitely credit to both. So I definitely see both sides like you, but I would, I would prefer for a more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would prefer more interesting, but guys, let's talk about Mercedes, Sam, what's happening with them. It feels like every race is a new flip flop with them. Like one week they have it, the next they don't, then they have it, then they don't like, do they need to just redesign the car for 2023? Yes. And honestly, this could have this episode could have served as the Mercedes funeral episode because they're we have been saying all year long, like, oh, maybe they'll unlock something and you maybe know they'll, they'll win they'll, a race. Yeah, and it's just like we've run out of time. They're they the gap's too big and they have they're just like sputtering now and they this was the worst they've looked for a while this past race. So um maybe it's the cold weather. I think they were saying that, but in general, they seemed incredibly pessimistic after the race. Like George Russell yeah. had a couple quotes pretty much saying the year was over. 
Uh, so yeah, bummer. They that car stinks, um, and it's so bad that at this point I'm now worried about next year and that yeah. they're going to be in the same spot next year because they're so far off. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's it's too bad because people think that they have to like totally scrap and redesign the car for next year because this whole side this no pod thing has kind of not been working. Like they came in here with this revolutionary concept and like they can't catch Mercedes. I mean uh, Ferrari or Red Bull who have totally different side pod designs. And obviously we saw a little bit more porpoising. I mean George Russell again another top five finish I believe this past weekend. So like kudos to him for being able to put that car. I'm sure Lewis would have been right in the mix. Like but had he not crashed into Fernando. But man, like, yeah, they're 159 points back from Red Bull, only 41 points back from Ferrari. And call me crazy, like, walking into Singapore, Austin, Interlagos, Abu Dhabi, tracks that I think they have are their warmer tracks. They probably don't need to worry about tire, um, getting into the tire temperatures up to speed. And Maybe I said it a while back. I think Mercedes finishes ahead of Ferrari this year, and I'm not so sure that that's still out of out of contention. Yeah, I mean, as long as Lewis doesn't crash out on the first lap of the race, then they're definitely in contention because they have consistent, you know, top five finishers every race. George finishes top five. Lewis has been on a tear, you know, barring Belgium, obviously. He's been on a tear of third and second place finishes uh, over the past five or six races, I think, but you know, as long as, as long as both cars finish, they're definitely within a shout of finishing ahead of Ferrari. I think momentum definitely serves them well here. Totally. And heading into Zandvoort guys, the last, you know, last things I'll talk about Alpine again, looking really strong with a, with a fifth and seventh place finish this weekend. Pierre Gasly, something happened to his car. It was so unnoticeable, but he ended up finishing the points after, after starting, I think from the pit lane. Um, And then, Alex Albon gets into Q3 in the Williams and he finishes 10th. Uh, I mean, that Williams straight line speed has been pretty impressive. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Ever since our boy Ernie headed over there, like something's been clicking. And guess who's at the bottom of the timesheets per usual? Both Hosses. Like the only one behind them was Nicholas Latifi. Stefano's, and Stefano's the- MVP of the first half, Kevin yeah. Magnuson, another great Mick week. Mick Schumacher and Kevin Magnuson both got lapped, as did Nicholas Latifi. And Nicholas Latifi, he had to go in for a brand new wing. He kind of got pushed onto the gravel, spun out. Um, not really his fault. And then, like, kind of came back on track. Just kind of poor. Yeah, that was a weird incident with him and uh, Valtteri. I don't even yeah. know what happened there. Yeah, it was just, you know, you hate to, I mean, it's almost like Haas is regressing again. Maybe they should bring some upgrades. Still don't think they brought any upgrades this year. I, yeah, I don't know if yeah, they're cash-trapped. Yeah. I don't know what the, what the deal is with Haas, but they're, like, refusing to spend money on the car. Mick's going to mess around and find himself without a seat and driving with Jarno in, in the eSports League next year if he's not careful over the next couple of races. I don't yeah, even know if eSports would have him. Uh, Jarno would fucking lap. Mick right now. I don't know if he's he Mick has said he's done with the Ferrari Drivers Academy next year and maybe he has a seat somewhere else, but like I don't think I don't think esports would would put him in a seat. Who's he gonna race over? All those guys would put him in a locker. If he's not careful, uh, he might get relegated in NASCAR. Speaking it's, of which, Stefano, what about your boy Kimmy Reichen in the other week? Dude, crashing crashing out midway through. Yeah, I was pissed. 
I was pissed. But, you know, I don't think Kimmy really gives a shit. Nah, he doesn't care. Neither do we. Yeah, if we're honest. Put Kimmy back in Formula One. Put him back in Formula One. Honestly, put Kimmy back in Formula One and put him in a Haas. He would get more points than either of the fucking guys in the Haas right now. Speaking think? of Haas, I have a I have a prediction that um, Danny Ricardo is going to get announced as the Haas seat for next year at Austin for Circuit of the Americas. Um, just kind of like a coming home, welcome to America, like big time. <laughs> like, I, I have a feeling. I, I was, like for, I, was first, right. I was first on Ricardo Haas and yep. anyone in, in on the internet or the F1 community. We'll but now Matt's first to Haas announcing Ricardo at Coda. Yeah, I'll, I'll, that's I mean, true. When Sam, I think it was like week four when I predicted that Danny Ricardo was going to be out of a Formula One seat for next year, and he's now out of a McLaren seat. Sam predicted he was going to be with a Haas. And I loved that call because I think it's a great fit. He's an American favorite. Haas can certainly use him for marketing ploy. Um, it's starting to look more and more and more like that. And I'm hearing even rumors, Sam, that your other prediction is right, that McLaren's gunning for Pierre Gasly for that second seat and that um, Piastri might have to be sticking with, with Alpine. Um, after the contract board review, so Piastri, of, Piastri really around. Piastri really botched that. Huge. He's, what a moron! Because I don't think Alpine's even going to take him anymore. How could he drive for Alpine at this point? Idiotic. He can't. He can't drive for Alpine at this point. So he's yeah. going to find himself driving with Jarno next year too. I mean, like once again, who said he? Who said esports would even take him? Esports is a competitive animal, man. Like just because you were a reserve driver doesn't give you. You're not walking in and. And disrupting the Yarno train. Like that's that's reserved, no pun intended. Um guys, yeah, spa overall. Happy, the Formula One yeah, I'm, I'm I was happy was happy I had a race. It was great to have one back. We got a triple header, so it's really nice because like as boring as this past weekend was, scenery is unbelievable. I mean, spa is just a gorgeous track. It's got so much elevation change. Like it's really fun. It just kind of stunk that like Max was so dominant and the weekend was kind of boring, but I mean, we had to write to Zanvoort another, you know, Max race weekend. Seems like every, where he goes, Austria, Belgium, Netherlands, like every one of these tracks feels like it's the orange army stuff. And like everywhere you look, it's orange army. Like once you get into this back half, like Zanvoort, it's his home race. Like I know this track has a lot, it carries a lot of downforce. his home race. I think he was born in Belgium. He was born in but Belgium, like, but like then he grew said. up in the Netherlands. He became Dutch, like Austria, Belgium, yeah. Zandvoort. They're all his home race at this point, it feels like. Yeah, all these like Central European races are like, there's a big Dutch contingent because it's so easy to travel to, to these yeah. tracks that are, you know, like uh, Austria, uh, Belgium. And now we're going obviously back to, to the Netherlands where they don't even have to go anywhere. Uh, so the ease of travel definitely suits uh, Max's fan base, and it definitely drives him on uh, in, uh, during the race to see that huge wave of just orange yeah. cheering him on, you know, willing him through the race. And I mean, he doesn't really need much, much uh, support or drive from the fans. I mean, I think that RB18 is going to carry him through to the 
to the win regardless, but it's definitely nice to see a huge fan contingent for him. I uh, I just really hope that the fans are respectful to all the females and minorities and everyone else who maybe doesn't look like them in the crowd, Sam, um, unlike we saw in Austria. Right. You're absolutely right. Uh, there's yeah, I no second place that, Sam. I hope all the yeah. Mercedes fans that are traveling over there too are uh, – are just as respectful of the Dutch culture as well. I think that that uh, it's a two way street respect these days. Um, nevertheless, though, Stefano, we're heading into Zanvor. Newest segment that we've had is the the Stefano Sedano track preview segment. When we go into this race, I would love to hear you know you describe this beautiful Dutch circuit for our fans and me and Sam. So, without further ado, Stefano's track preview. Hell yeah. Fire it up. Because we've been driving all night, hands wet on the wheel. A voice in our head drives our heel as we race on through to the Netherlands for our next Formula One tryst. On the other side, the 14-turn, 4.25-kilometer Zandvoort, a site where many of F1's heroes of the past have made their marks. The circuit's unique features have been popular over the years for its fast, sweeping corners such as Schievelach and the banked corner at Hügenholzbocht, Certainly a mouthful. Good opportunities to overtake will be at the hairpin at the end of the main straight at the wonderfully named Tarzan's Corner. As we watch on either in the stands or in front of the television, we'll all be wondering the same thing. Will Max defend his home race and make it two wins out of two? Will Ferrari escape perennial calamity and take an expected one-two? Will Mercedes come and spoil the party for both? Well, boys, it's a half past four, ladies and gents, and it's time to shift gear. Last car to pass. Here we go on to the Dutch Grand Prix. Wow. I feel like you just kind of like basically wrote something that belongs into like a Walt Whitman book. Like that was, that was pretty, so pretty cool, man. Hell yeah, yeah brother. I, I, I put my heart and soul into these segments for not just for you guys, because I think I think it's good that we uh, bring our 100% our A game here, but definitely for the fans too. I, uh, yeah. I do this for all y'all. Yeah, you certainly do this for all of us. You know, if you really want to help out the fans, I think that, you know, you investing in some better Wi-Fi speed and getting some more of those uh, gigabits per second would be would be helpful for the fans. But I'm with you. Two DRS zones, Sam. You know, Zanvor, really high-speed circuit here. Like, are you excited for this track? Like, what's your take on Zanvor and the um, Dutch Grand Prix? No, I'm not really that excited for it because I think we're just going to get another max-dominant win, unfortunately. Um, so no, like to be perfectly frank, um, I'm worried about, uh, this being a boring race, but we'll see. I mean, I feel like in theory, this track should actually suit Red Bull. uh, I mean, Ferrari a little bit more than Red Bull. So maybe there's a chance that, um, they close the gap, but how can anyone think anything other than another max dominant win after the the performance that we saw at his car last weekend? It was mind-blowing so i think we're going to get something similar to that again yeah i don't know like i I don't know i I feel like we're being a little bit too like all over red bull like they had a good weekend but like there's been times where we've seen ferrari have like a dominant like australia was dominant for Ferrari. not that dominant i mean they were gonna win by like at least 10 seconds like australia was also like 12 races ago that's true. It, yeah, good point. And I mean, how much would Max have won by if he started from the front and did not take a penalty? Probably like 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
yeah. like probably like almost like exactly. a full minute. Exactly. But like we've seen that in the past. Like we've seen Mercedes have like those types of races I, where they. I like, agree, but not this year. Yeah, it's true, but you know, I don't know. Guys, 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 guys. With eight races to go, I just looked it up. He's won three races in a row. Does Max beat Sebastian Vettel's record of nine win, nine race wins in a row? No, no. They're, they're, so. They'll have some sort of reliability issue. That car hasn't been perfect this year, so I think something will come up. Don't forget, it was a Red Bull that Sebastian Vettel drove to those nine race wins. So who's to say that another Red Bull can't do the same? Yeah, he's, I mean, I, I think I would so say that. Dominant. He's looked so dominant. Even yeah. in Hungary. Hungary, we were, we were expecting a Ferrari one too. Even... Uh, you know, once once Max took the lead, he did a 360 and still kept the lead. You're telling me that Max doesn't have it in him to win six more races in a row? Or, I don't uh, think no, that's what we're saying. I think what we're saying here is Max certainly has what it takes to win five more, six more in a row. Does the car have what it takes yeah. to win six more in a row? I mean... Easily. Easily. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Netherlands kind of has a similar track as like Austria. So like maybe like Ferrari just dominates Zandvoort and who knows, like maybe, you know, Red Bull doesn't have the the right package this weekend and they're off the pace. I certainly, though, to your point, think like Italy, Japan, Coda, Mexico, like probably even Interlagos, they all suit the the Red Bull car. It seems like high speed circuits, but like Japan. Nah. Even even Coda, I don't even think Coda suits uh, Red Bull all that much. Mexico for sure. There's that huge main straight in Mexico. Yeah, that the RB is just going to eat for dinner. We definitely have Ferrari's only chance is if Bonotto's right that Red Bull has been cheating the budget cap and they get dinged for something. That was wild that he just threw that out. Amazing, there. absolutely amazing. He has well, he has some no freaking chain. nerve, man. That guy is such a clown. Yeah, he's Mar- Maria Bozzotto. Like, I can't believe he said that. Like, Unbelievable. You know, it'd be something. Here's here's why I don't give any credence to that. Because if there was any credence to it, Toto would have made some, like, comment under his breath. Like, yeah, like, well, that's what happens when, like, you kind of, like, can be flexible at the budget cap. Like, he would, like, of all the people, like, they're the biggest rivals. And they're so far off the pace that I could see them make like some type of offhand comment and like that would be over and we'd hear all about it for like Bonanno to say that it's like, and then like you got probably Toto being like, yeah, that guy's a clown. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Like that's just not what's happening. Like he just, it's like the girl who cries wolf. Like when you just can't be anybody, it's like he said, oh yeah, we had nothing wrong with the hard tires in Hungary. It's like, okay, that was a lie. Like, oh, our strategy is fine. We have nothing to change. Okay. That's a lie. It's like, you're blaming everybody else. Oh, Red Bull's like abusing the budget cap. It's like, there's nothing wrong with Ferrari. Like, we're good. We're doing everything we're supposed to be doing. Like, must be somebody else's fault. Like, our drivers are good. Our strategy is good. Like, our hard tires are good. Like, yeah, we lost to a car that did a 360 spin and started 10th. But, like, that's not our fault. Like, it's because the budget cap. It's like, all right, guy. Like, enough's enough. Kind of just take responsibility for your team and say that you didn't have the pace this weekend. But, yeah. no, they won't. Yeah. Well said, Matt. At this point, if there was any credence to – uh, Bozoto's claim. I would believe it a lot more if it came out of Total Wolf's mouth because I feel like he That's is a- absolutely in tune with everything going on in Formula One. 
That's exactly my point. Like, if there was one person who would, like, know for fact, it would be Toto. Like, he yeah. would be like, nope, like, impossible. Like, there's, but, like, instead, what they're saying is, like, yeah, we have to, like, kind of scrap our whole car and go start from next year. Like, two, they were two seconds behind Red Bull this weekend. If there was one team who was going to call them out for cheating the budget cap, it's Mercedes. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Anyway, guys, all right, Zanvor predictions. Sounds like we've been kind of circling on this. I can't wait for Sam's predictions because I feel like somehow, some way, he's talking himself into Charles Leclerc is going to win this weekend. And let's see, we're going to start with you. You know, we're doing our race predictions. This is Wednesday. Going to be watching this race live. Probably hung over from within the walls of a Vegas sports book. Um, somewhere, somehow, some way. And... For only podcast to do our race predictions before practice, it's incredibly easy to do it after you see the practice and all the lap times and the data. Much more um, from the gut to do it on a Wednesday before we know anything about these cars on circuit. Sam, let's start with you. Give us your person for pole and your podium predictions for this weekend in Zandvoort. So I think in qualifying, we see a dominant Max pole victory. I think he probably gets it by like seven tenths again, something crazy, <laughs> dominant. Um, and then race time, you're right, Matt. Uh, as crazy as it sounds, I think Chuck Claire wins on Sunday. Wow. Um, and I'll tell you why. I think something happens to Max's car or there's some set type of crash. He's just due for something like that to happen, like him getting spun out in turn one or... I don't know, like something happens at a, uh, during one of his stops and I don't know, like a, a, a tire doesn't go, go on or something. Something weird's going to happen to his car where he either DNFs or finishes towards the back. I think Chuck Leclerc wins. Um, I think you probably see Sergio Perez too. Um, and then I think we see Lewis Hamilton kind of bounce back a little bit and find himself on the podium uh, in the third spot. Wow, so you've got Chuck Checo Lewis as your podium places and Max Verstappen. I think this is your third consecutive prediction where you thought something was going to happen to Max's car. He was going to get spun out or like some external factor. Something's going to happen in one of these races, so I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. To be honest with you, the only way for him to not finish on the podium is for something like that to happen, right? Like that's that's just it. Like the only race this year he hasn't finished on the podium when his car made it to the end of the race was Silverstone. I think he had some debris or something in the car that like created a performance issue. So you, you kind of have to think that way. Um, so lots to believe that Leclerc is going to win because that means Ferrari has to get everything right this weekend. And they have to nail the strategy. Um, we can't have any like debris, but interesting prediction. Stefano, who do you have for... For your prediction, Stephanie, you're also the only one that gives us your top five places and your top three qualifying. So you've been on a tear this year. I think everybody's batting around like not like 300, 400. You know, I think that's pretty solid for predictions this year. So I've been tracking them all. We'll, we'll do a uh, end of the year recap on who had the most predictions right this year. Yeah, uh, honestly, I can't see Leclerc not getting pulled. Uh, in Zandvoort, it's definitely a twisty, turny track. Uh, definitely some like interesting corners too, because uh, there's a, quite a few that are banked. Uh, so I think it definitely suits the package that Ferrari brings. Um, that being said, I do think Max will be hot on his heels in qualifying. Will qualify second, um, and then I guess Lewis for for third. I think he 
I think he recovers in qualifying from the embarrassing shambolic display uh, during the race in Belgium and qualifies third. That being said, for the race, Jesus. You know, I, I in my head, I like to make my predictions based on like an ideal scenario with like no reliability issues or crashes or strategic blunders. But in Ferrari's case, now you kind of have to plan for a strategic blunder because it's just guaranteed to happen at this point. So I don't see, I don't see Chuck winning. And I'm going to throw a wild card. I think Sebastian Vettel wins, not for anything performance related, not for anything to do with the car. Just because I need to predict somebody else besides Charles and Max to win a race. And according to Vettel, there's still a race to win. So this may be a theme for the rest of the year coming from me is that Vettel wins a race. Uh, in oh, second, wow. I think, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Max. I mean, how do you deny him? Uh, and I think third, probably, probably Sergio Perez. I mean, you can't keep both Red Bulls off the podium at this point in the year. They're just that dominant. Uh, and I think, um, Lewis rounds out the second row on the grid and, and Chuck finishes P5. Wow, Chuck in a P5 slot. That's interesting. Um, Vettel, Vettel over Verstappen in a drag race at the end. Wow. That pig of a car finally performs up to its standard. That pig of a car finally wins. Still a race to win, guys. Still a race to win. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think my prediction this weekend, I think Max Verstappen takes pole. There's predicted some light rain right around when qualifying is supposed to go on. So my gut tells me that, like, the best driver in the wet conditions, Max Verstappen takes pole without any doubt in front of his home crowd of the the Orange Army. Um, looks like it's going to be pretty clear for, for the race day on Sunday, a little overcast. I, um, I'm going to do a little bit of a different prediction. I'm going to predict neither Mercedes finishes on the podium. I think they'll maybe be fifth and sixth. It seems like it's going to be a little bit cooler than what they're typically used to. So, like, they have been having a really tough time getting those tires up into the, the temperature window. So, I just don't see them landing on the podium. I think you're going to get a, um, I think you're going to get a Max and probably both Ferraris on the, the podium this weekend. I feel like Checo, like, you guys have been kind of all over him, not really being on form. I think in qualifying, he was, he kind of got pipped by signs and he just kind of beat Leclerc. But, like, I don't think Leclerc was really pushing all that hard because he knew he was getting pushed to the back of the grid. So I have a feeling it's going to be like a max. And then Chuck signs is going to battle for second and third. Like, I think we're going to see, it'll be interesting because I think they're going to actually battle on track and we're going to see who they're favoring in terms of like team orders, if at all, or they're just going to let them fight. If they let them fight, I think they basically have conceded the drivers. Um, but I think you're going to get like a max, I'll go Max Chuck signs, and I think Chuck's going to finally get back up to that that top set. But, like, kind of a lame prediction, but it's also like, you know, we're in this business to predict what we think is actually going to happen on the track. And, like, at this point with what I've seen, I don't see Max, like, I mean, to your point, Sam, unless he has, like, an engine problem or reliability issue or he gets, like, caught up in, like, another scuffle or, like, somebody takes him out, like, I don't really – he's just been on peak – Form. He's just doesn't make mistakes and he's so rock solid. Like, how could you think he's not going to win? But I think I, I think we're being pretty hard on Ferrari this past weekend. I think they just had the wrong package for Spa. And I think they're going to have a similar package like they had in Austria. And, you know, we'll see how how the tire deg works for, for Red Bull or not. Maybe we'll get some actual like 
undercut, overcut strategies. Max comes out ahead, two stopper, and then like Chuck comes out ahead, and then we have like a last lap battle, like we saw back in like Bahrain and Jeddah, and you know that would be fun. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm rooting for. Maybe we see some actual battles on track, and it's like a drag race for on the last lap. I hope so too, Matt. For our sake, for the fans' sake, you know, like we we owe it to the fans at this point that. Um, you know, and by the way, Sunday, starting, starting Saturday, Sunday is the only day in seven days that they are not predicting rain. So like this could change in three days and we could be seeing some, some tea storms coming in on, on Sunday and who knows who can set up their cars in the wet conditions better. I know that definitely shake the pack up. Definitely shake the pack up. Um, we, saw Monaco, we saw it in Latifi in Q3 again. Yeah, Latifi with points this weekend. Yeah, no. And um, Sam, any any bets, any lines this week yet? Or are we um, we going to do that live from the sports book this weekend? Follow us on social media. We will be in Vegas. We will be betting the board for this race. Uh, we'll bet some props beforehand when we get to the book. So definitely stay tuned. Um, we're going to be live. It's going to be lit. Yeah. And guys, one little uh, fun thing for the end of the points, boys. I have submitted us to the lottery for Las Vegas tickets. I know nice. it's on a weird weekend, but um, yeah, like when we'll see. Yeah, when is the weekend? It's the Saturday of, of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend, dude. I would love to skip Thanksgiving to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. So me too. I'm not super keen, but um, yeah, like who knows? Maybe we'll be uh, there yucking if, it if up. It's, with... If it's between, if it's between eating dry turkey on Thanksgiving or being in Vegas with the boys, watching Formula One, I'm choosing that every day. Yeah, I don't know what turkey you're having. The turkey I mean is certainly not dry, but um, but yeah. So stay tuned. Um, maybe we'll be in the points um, for those tickets, uh, guys. Final thoughts, Spa Zanvoort, anything else? F one before we head into the weekend. No, stay safe, everybody. Hell yeah, brother, fired up. Hell yeah, brother. Be good to each other. Yeah, learn how to start and finish outside of first place. Hell yeah, brother, fired up. Fired up. Fired up.